Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast. It is episode 37, and we are literally eight days away from the Ghostbuster Afterlife movie, the third installment to the Ghostbusters franchise. And I, before I get into the Ghostbusters Afterlife talk, I got some news for you in the world of paranormal. And believe it or not, this is not that paranormal, it's just a astronomical numbering game. The Atlanta Braves won the 2021 World Series, and in the year that Hank Aaron passed away, the Braves won 44 games before the All-Star break. After the All-Star break, the Braves won 44 more games, and then went on to win the World Series in the 44th week of the year. And that is some crazy numbers. The Braves were destined to win this year, according to that. The Braves had a 3% chance of winning the World Series in the month of July and went on to win the World Series with those numbers. And as far as NASA is concerned, finding alien life within the next 10 years is priority for NASA. So the NASA and the committee is trying to find alien life within the next 10 years. And we are going to see what they come up with. We know in the last year and a half, we we heard a lot of news about aliens. The government has released a whole bunch of things regarding videos and documentation and undisclosed information and now NASA is making its priority to find alien life within the next 10 years and as I said this episode will come off the paranormal and go into the science fiction realm of the paranormal investigator dream and that is becoming a Ghostbuster and it seems that within the last two years Ghostbusters has grown in popularity and with the news that the Reitman's son uh, coming to the reins and taking over for his father. We are going to have a third installment. This movie has been delayed three times and we are literally eight days away from Ghostbuster fans' dream of having a third installment. And the trailers have been out. We have seen a total of three trailers. And the last trailer that dropped, everyone was shocked towards the end of the trailer. And for this episode to talk about what we think is going to happen in the Ghostbuster Afterlife movie, I bring on a friend of mine who was on last season, my friend Joey Valentino. Joey, welcome to Say What Again, Billy podcast. Thank you for having me. You got it, brother. So this is this is what we've been asking for for years, man. We are eight days away from a new Ghostbusters movie. And how are you feeling about that? Well, I feel pretty old. Uh, <laughs> I got a little bit of gray hairs as opposed to, um, you know, when I was young and spry, but all in all, pretty damn good about it. It's about freaking time is all I can say. Yeah, man, we've been wanting this Ghostbuster movie uh, for quite some time. And, you know, we thought in the past that we were going to have it. There was talks about it. And then we kind of got something along the lines of a third movie in the form of the Ghostbusters video game. Which oh, yeah. um, was almost like a third movie. It was, yeah. And that was essentially um, from Dan Aykroyd. Uh, he said that was the idea that they had for uh, Ghostbusters Hellbent, which would have seen the Ghostbusters in hell and alternate dimensions of Manhattan called Manhattan. So it kind of mimicked 
exactly where they were going in that game. It wasn't exactly the script that he had in mind, but, you know, they flipped it on its head and Harold Ramis helped write it along with the video game writers. So it, it was essentially a third film for us, but this one is like the actual live action version of what it would be now. Right. And the thing about the Ghostbusters video game, and we're going to include that later on in the show, is mm-hmm. the fact that everybody was involved in that video game um, from Walter Peck, the actor who voiced him or was or played him in the actual movie. Yes. The original Ghostbusters, Ernie Hudson, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, and Hal Ramis, and uh, right up to uh, Annie Potts, who played Janine. Yeah. Only absent was, you know, Sigourney Weaver and Rick Moranis. But, you know, I guess in a video game world, it doesn't really matter too much. No, it was just very good that they all came on board to do something like that. Mm -hmm. um, Because we had learned in documentary that Harold Ramis and Bill Murray were at uh, a little bit of odds with each other. And that video game obviously came out before the passing of Harold Ramis. Yeah. I mean, did you ever really look into, like, the? if you want, I could get a quick story on that. Um, I just know that it all stemmed from the making of uh, Groundhog Day, but probably one of the best comedies I've ever seen, uh, that Hal Ramis wrote and directed and Bill Murray starred in. uh, And they just had differences of opinion on the film, what it should be, what it shouldn't be. And Bill Murray was going through a bad divorce at the time. He was known in the 90s for being crabby, apparently. Uh, it was. It even dates back to What About Bob, that other film that he did, which was another genius film. And they just had a falling out there that they didn't reconnect until Harold was getting sick. I don't even think they connected even on the video game because, I mean, when you do a video game, you're in your own booth on separate days recording lines. So I think the reconnection happened a couple of years after that game release. Right. Well, you definitely know more in the the world of movies. Those who don't know Joey personally, like myself, Joey is a big time movie buff and is very into the universe of Marvel. He can tell you anything about the universe of Marvel and he's good with movies and stuff like that, which is one reason... I had to have him on because one movie he's very knowledgeable of is Ghostbusters. And that includes the actors and so on and so forth. Thank you. <laughs> so, so we're going to get into, um, we'll start with the f- first trailer drop with, for Ghostbusters. Um, yeah. It was in 2019 before, was it before the pandemic? That was way before the world ended. Yeah. Right. So we got excited and the movie was supposed to come about in, I believe, March, correct? I think it was uh, March to June around there in that time frame that, that was originally geared towards. Right. So I remember around this time watching the trailer um, in November, the first Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer. And I believe it was supposed to come out in March of 2020. And then the pandemic happened and eventually it got pushed back to the summer mm-hmm. where things were still, you know, uncertain with what we can do with the pandemic. And then it got pushed back uh, until this date around mm-hmm. the um, November mark. 
and ultimately got pushed back just one more week, week, thank God, to November 19th, which is next Friday. Yeah, that's all about uh, because closer to the holidays, it's box office theming. Right. So it was ultimately towards the end, you know, more towards the holidays, which is correct because yeah. after next week, we have just one more week until Thanksgiving. And then we get into the real gist of the holiday seasons with Christmas, uh, December 25th, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So when the first trailer dropped, um, what the trailer looked like mainly was you could tell off the bat that these kids were definitely Egon Spangler's grandkids. Oh, yeah. And the actress that plays uh, Evie, right? Yeah, McKenna Grace. Yes, she has the uncanny resemblance to what Egon would look like as a little girl in the youth. You could tell by <laughs> the glasses and the hair. Yeah. So automatically watching the first trailer, you knew that that had to be Egon's granddaughter. Yeah. And then we have, what is it, Finn Wolf? Finn Wolfhart. Finn Wolfhart. Yep. From Stranger Things, which was, in my opinion, a great casting because we saw during Stranger Things season two, um, they had their little Halloween costumes and they all dressed up as the Ghostbusters and ironically was casted to be in the next Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. And he's obviously playing the older grandchildren, a uh, grandchild of Egon Spangler. And um, the trailer, the first trailer we see him uncover the Ecto-1, which that will start with that, brought brought on every Ghostbusters fan's first big controversy. What Ecto-1 is that? Is that the Ecto-1, the original? What happened to Ecto-1A? Was there, was there license plate differences? So that was the first thing that came about. So let's let's try to get into that real quick. Okay. The Ecto-1, is, the Ecto-1, is it the same car as the 1A from Ghostbusters 2? What is your theory on that? I think it's the same car. I mean, I can see why people think two different cars because, oh, you know, the license plate is different. Uh, the car is all different. But, I mean, when you're looking at the, like, the scope of it, you don't know how long it took until they went back to their classic original look. That Ghostbusters 2 car, Ecto-1A, was just with caution tape on it, it had more lights than they probably needed. <laughs> and they, it just had the part two symbol as we're back. But, you know, it's, you know, it was a rebranding and then they went back to form. It's like what people do in music. If you say like Metallica, they played thrash metal, they went to heavy metal, then they went back to regular thrash metal. So I think it's the same rule applies here for a, I, a vehicle. I think it is the same car as well. Yeah, I think um, I think that they might have just taken things off. Uh, I, I'm we're not really too certain. I like to believe it's the same car um, because if you follow the original movies and even something that was mentioned in the trailers, where in the second trailer we see Annie Potts saying to the mother of the the grandchildren of Egon's grandchildren that, oh, you know, your grandfather didn't have money to keep the roof over his head. I don't see how the Ghostbusters would have been able to afford another car and put all the work into another Ecto. So I do believe it's the same, um, the same car. Probably stripped up though one A for more parts, just to use it on other stuff. That's 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 a good theory. Um, 
Another theory that arose was that Ghostbusters 2 actually never existed. This is all from oh. Ghostbusters 1. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not on board with that theory. I mean, you see Ray's a cult in there, and you've had the cast come out saying this is a follow-up after the first two films. I don't know how much more people need to hear. Yeah, I, I don't I don't <laughs> like to take away Ghostbusters 2 because, in my opinion, I liked Ghostbusters 2, even though it didn't do as well as the first movie. And you saw Raise a Cult strictly in the second yeah. movie, which was, you know, when the Ghostbusters beat Gozer and Stay Puffed and all that, they yeah. basically went into a down period where ghosts didn't come about in Manhattan and then the river of slime came about and you seen Ray open up a shop, a bookstore, a raise a cult. Mm -hmm. Bill Murray, um, Peter Venkman had the uh, talk show. The, yeah. What was the show's name? The oh, World, World of, of the, the Psychics. Psychics, right? Egon went on to do his his normal psycho, uh, you know, science, scientist, psychological um Things. Well, not, yeah, and, professor work at Columbia University, where they got fired from in part. Right. And the only thing we saw really Winston doing was driving the Ecto with Ray to a kid's birthday party. There's not enough Winston. That's the Winston, problem. <laughs> yeah. And we don't, he really did with that downtime until things started happening after they pulled up the slime from uh, Fifth Avenue. And, um, went into the courthouse and ended up starting the Ghostbusters 2 movie. Mm -hmm. So I, we're going to, they're probably going to mention somewhere in this movie, because I'm sure that's something that, um, was it Ivan Reitman? Ivan Reitman. Yeah. Ivan the original Reitman director. Right. He probably said, you know, this is going to cause a controversy. So I'm sure they're going to allude to why it's the original and not the Ecto 1A. Um, but that was one of the first, if you're a true fan, you're like, well, what, what happened to, Ecto, you know, the Ghostbusters two cars? So I'm, I'm going to go with, they went with the bread and butter that what started the Ghostbusters popularity, which was the first Ecto one. Yeah. So, I mean, let's also think about it like this. I mean, speaking as a fan, I, there's nothing that beats that first car. This, it was the simplicity of just the way it was done. Then when part two comes out, you know, sequels always require something bigger, better, shinier. And yeah, part two's car is like badass looking, but I think every fan just always has a special place in their heart for the original vehicle. Yeah, that is definitely one of the movie cars that are, are you know, one of the top movie cars with the DeLorean, yeah. the Yeah, and the Batmobile. Van. The Batmobile, the Knight Rider car. That oh, Knight Rider! God, I forgot about that. Knight is Rider. the Dukes of Hazard car. That is <laughs> one of the most iconic cars in film franchise of all the yeah. cars. You know, so you know they had to go back to the bread and the butter. Now, in the trailer, we saw um, Phoebe, which is uh, Egon's granddaughter, finding in this farmhouse. Uh, a whole bunch of the Ghostbuster Ghostbuster tools. You know, she ends mm -hmm. up finding the ghost trap in a floorboard. She finds the PKE meter. And then the scene goes to where she takes the, what looks like the firehouse pole down to a basement and finds the mold and fungus that Egon mentioned. He likes to analyze mm -hmm. and research. 
She finds what appears to be their lockers with the jumpsuits and you see her go through the jumpsuits and you see Spangler, the tag for Spangler. You see the proton packs on the table and right there you can kind of assume as a fan that he brought everything from all his equipment to this farmhouse. And what some fans with a watchful eye ended up coming across was the open open desert area where there was a mining gate and on the mining gate was Eon Shandor's mining co mm-hmm. which is the person if you follow the video game and you follow the original movie Eon Egon Igor Shandor was the person that built Dana Barrett's building and was the basically the 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 maker of everything that happened in part one with Gozer, the gatekeeper, the key master, all of that. He was the architect, yeah. Performed a lot of unnecessary unnecessary surgery. <laughs> Evo Shandor, I believe the name was. Evo yeah. Shandor, right. Evo. Yeah. And the mention to him was that he was a type of cultist, an occultist that mm-hmm. had a following and so on and so forth. So when you watch the trailer, you know that we're going to finally maybe meet or see the ghost of this person that made everything uh, made everything practically happen from the first movie. And that's what you pretty much gathered from a very short clip of yeah. the first trailer. And then getting into the second trailer... We saw just a little bit more. We saw Annie Potts come and talk about Egon and confirm that these two kids are, in fact, the grandkids of Egon. The mother is definitely the daughter of Egon Spangler. Um, We see at the very end, we see that there's a phone call being made and Ray Stance picks up the phone in Mm -hmm. the iconic Razor Cult, the red telephone. He has a tattoo on his close enough, and he says, we're closed. And that was Mm -hmm. what we were left with in the second trailer. Yep. So I got from that trailer, I got major... Major Luke Skywalker vibes from the <laughs> the last Star Wars movie, where the you know let's consider the the original Ghostbusters as Jedi. They have they feel it seems like they don't want no part in Ghostbusters anymore. What is your theory on that? I think something had to have happened that was nothing like what went down after, you know, part one leading into part two, because we look back at part one into part two, it was a five-year gap, right? And in that five years, you find out that, you know, they, they got slapped with the bill and were stiffed on it from the city. They got told that they couldn't bust ghosts anymore. Not that I don't even think that there probably was any more ghosts for them to bust because, you know, they took care of what they did. But they got slapped with so many injunctions and was threatened with all that litigation that they closed up shop. This one, I think it's going to be something a little bit more 
my theory, I mean, you've heard me talk to you about this. I, I think something dangerous probably happened where they decided to hang it up. You know, I, I, I agree with you on that. And I, I, I think that's where we're headed. But if you look at the last two movies, um, one and two, they were some with some dangerous things. You know, oh, yeah. we, as, we as fans, you know, you know, we look at it as, ah, oh, that was easy for them. But they did go up against a giant Stay Puft Marshmallow Man on a <laughs> building where they almost got torched from shooting it with their proton packs. And even Egon admitted um, on the rooftop, Dana Barrett's building, he was uncontrollably uh, afraid to, to, to seek or acknowledge any reasoning to what was going on. Um, yeah. You know, Winston was there ready to go as he usually is. And Ray has gone bye-bye, Egon, you know. <laughs> and, um, you know, that, that's, that was some pretty serious stuff if you look at it. Um, oh, yeah. Well, if you go all serious with it, it you, you know, we take away the humor. It's like, this is fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And then we go into part two, which was, you know, in my opinion, slightly more darker. We had a, a, a ancient ghost come back that had been a, a ruler that was, you know, almost the equivalent of the uh, Vlad the Impaler. He would, yeah. you know, he did things like that. And we're talking From about... Maldavia. Yeah. Yes, we're talking about um, what was his name? Uh, the thing, um, Vigo the Carpathian. Vigo. Yeah, Vigo the Carpathian, and you know he was looking for a baby to basically possess and grow into the baby to rule the earth. You know, so we're talking about a ghost possessing a baby. He had this person basically kidnap a baby who happened to be Dana Barrett's kid. Um, so she was, you know, uh, once again, included in the mix and the, all the stuff that was going on. The woman can't catch a break. And oh, yeah. the Ghostbusters got knocked down. They were paralyzed. Ray ended up, <clears throat> Ray ended up getting possessed. <laughs> and, you know, they had the Statue of Liberty. We even had um, the... Um, I, man, I just drawn a blank on his name um, from what? Honey, I Shrunk the Kid. Oh, Rick Moranis, yeah. <clears throat> Rick, Roman, Rick, yeah Rick Moranis' character, he threw on a proton pack and tried to help, so it was basically the first time you've seen yeah. uh, essentially, uh, you know, uh, was it Vince uh, Scully? What was his, his character's name? Tully? Louis. Louis, Louis uh, yeah, Louis Tully, Louis Tully. threw a proton pack on, so we saw five Ghostbusters, essentially. Um, yeah. We saw Slimer become friendly, drive a bus, so we knew he wasn't really you know, he became kind of, you know, somewhat friendly, which was the idea for the cartoon. Yeah, that um, was just playing into the films. They were catering to little kids. Yeah. <laughs> at so, that point. you know, that was a serious thing. Now, in this one, if you, we get into the third trailer, where we see very faintly in the beginning of the final trailer, we see essentially, because we all know, rest in peace, Harold Ramis, it looked like they got... Yeah to play him and he had a trench coat and it looked like he went into the farmhouse and he he popped something into a floorboard he hit it really quickly like he knew something was coming or something was going to happen and um you know we see that the trailer makes it seem like a lot of stuff is going on and essentially uh paul rudd's character is the one that um seemed to let the cat out of the bag or the ghost out of the trap um because one of the teaser trailers shows the 
granddaughter Phoebe, <clears throat> they put the trap on the hood of a car, and it was Paul Rudd's character, Phoebe Egon's granddaughter, and the character played by that little kid. His his name in the movie's Podcast. Yeah. And um, they're trying to open this ghost trap and see what happens. And then what it appears to be that what comes out of the ghost trap is the ghost or demon form of the demon dog. And he says in the trailer, okay, we should go. And that kind of makes me feel like that's what started the, you know, basically the Pandora's box opening and what everything that happened in the movie. And in the trailer, we see a lot of craziness and we see the, um, the Muncher ghost, which is, that's the name of the new ghost that looks like Slimer. We mm. see the Ecto-1 driving down the street and spit, it looks like it's spitting nails at the car. Um, mm-hmm. We see a lot more instruments. We see a ghost trap on on wheels. We see the gunner seat. Um, let me get some of your thoughts on that. Um, okay, so when it comes to like the ghost trap on wheels, I just think that that's just genius. It's like, because uh, <laughs> if you remember like part two, uh, Ghostbusters, when they're controlling Lady Liberty, they're using a Nintendo thing. Right. Nintendo uh, game controller. Or the big one. And now with this, they look at, it looks like Egon took one of the remote control cars from back when we were kids and just slapped on a ghost trap to it. So it's very much in tone with that idea of how they uh, manipulate common things to make it look you know, how it is in the, um, <laughs> in the, in the films. Uh, um, another thing that I think is great, the gunner seat on the vehicle, that's also a callback to the Ecto-1 uh, toy uh, car that we had from real Ghostbusters. Uh, remember there was a gunner seat on top of the Ecto-1 toy car. It wasn't in the cartoon really, but they had a gunner seat that was on top of the car. Right. This film just did something and put it, right on the side of the car, making it look like, you know, something that's more badass for them. And uh, also with the, the gear of the goggles, I don't know if you mentioned that, the goggles having uh, a Polaroid camera makeshift on them. I think that that's also very likened to what we see with uh, actual paranormal investigators with, you know, using cameras. So it's like, a call to them and a call to the fictional world of where Ghostbusters lies. I yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I also like the fact um, that there are, like you said, mentions to the cartoon and the toys because yeah, there are a lot of things that I caught and yourself that yeah. allude to all of the cartoons, including the. I I feel like this cartoon didn't get the love it deserved. The extreme Ghostbusters. Which I believe ran for just 30 episodes. Yeah, and one season. Yeah. They, um, one season, 30 episodes, and the ending of the season or the ending of the cartoon essentially had the original cast come back. And, um, I actually looked it up too the other day. The voice of Egon on the cartoon Extreme Ghostbusters was the same voice of the guy who voiced him in the cartoon. Yeah. It was all of them that actually came back to do that. Right. Yeah, Dave and, Coulier uh, come for it, and Frank Welker for Ray. Maurice Lamarck played uh, Maurice Lamarck. He played uh, Egon, and then you had Arsenio Hall come back to play Winston for that that episode. Back in the saddle, part one and part two. Yeah, that was very good. And there's a lot of things in this movie 
that are being taken from the video game, the two original movies, and the extreme Ghostbusters. And this week I saw a photo um, in the movie, the PKE meter does something different with the antennas and actually goes up and creates an electrical charge in between the antennas. And yeah. if you watch the beginning of Extreme Ghostbusters, the very beginning of the cartoon begins with the PKE meter doing exactly that. So yeah. kind of got a flash to what the PKE meter was in the uh, Extreme Ghostbusters. As you mentioned to me, the logo actually has the metallic kind of construction site um, logo to it. like as the and that rustic look, that like battered and like, you know. Right, with the Extreme mm-hmm. Ghostbusters had in their cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and what people are, are saying, jumping the gun a little bit is, you know, and this is just the only spoiler that I will have on this episode, but if you watch the trailer at the end of the final trailer, we finally saw the, we didn't see their faces, but we saw the three from the chest down ghostbusters, the remaining ghostbusters standing there and Bill Murray say, Hey, did you miss us? Mm. And yeah. we, see them come back, which we kind of figured out at, you know, from the very beginning. That... There's also the toy leaks, Billy. Remember, like they were leaking the toys of them old in their gear. Right. That that's <laughs> that was a big well, that was a big spoiler to a lot of people. But the original yeah. spoiler was when the cast came out on IMDB, um, that you saw everybody returning, you know? And so you knew that they were going to be, and then we had the toy leaks. So we kind of gathered from that, that something is so crazy in this movie that's going to happen. And judging by the trailers, the kids are figuring out how to use this stuff on their own. You know, they must find in the movie a guide or some kind of written stuff, or they watch the YouTube, which Paul Rudd's character who plays the teacher shows them the YouTube clips because they have no idea about the Ghostbusters. You know, these these are kids that didn't grow up in those times. Assuming yeah. Paul Rudd's character grew up in those times as a young boy and knew about the Ghostbusters. So we can assume that they are figuring out how to use the, the equipment they found in the farmhouse on their own. But I feel like in the movie, somewhere down the line, they're going to get too far over their head that all the calls for help, even though that the Ghostbusters don't want to really help them, like Ray's being so negative to them on the phone, that we kind of see them come to be like, all right, we got to help these kids. And that's essentially where we might see them in the movie. Agree or disagree? I agree with that. And here's the thing. From what I've heard, you know, I'm not, there's not really a spoiler at all in any way. I don't want people thinking that. Um, what, what I've heard that many people have said, and even journalists that have viewed the film said, Fans will be really surprised to see that this is not about these kids becoming Ghostbusters. It's about learning what happened to the original Ghostbusters. So that's a very interesting thing. It's like it's like the Goonies almost in that sense of like finding out what happened to Chester Cobble, uh, Chester Copperpot, you know, like and uncovering his little story along the way. And it's like finding out about Luke. All those things, but it was more heavy focus in Star Wars about her standing up and becoming a Jedi, which was pretty freaking cool. But this is not that for Ghostbusters. It's about these these grandkids finding out who their grandfather was, his backstory, what happened in New York, and what's the connection here. It's not really, I don't think we're going to see a lot of like, you know, the montages that we see when like 
you know, they had the Cedric Hotel and then all the jobs started rolling in. And then when they, in Ghostbusters 2, when they did the courthouse and then they had all the jobs start rolling in, it was about ghost busting there and all that comedy and, you know, Peter Venkman getting with Dana, that subplot. So right. I think here it's just all about finding out what went down, what's coming. How do yeah. we, how, what do we have to do? It's definitely a curveball. He could be doing it on purpose. I was, um, I get my haircut, um, and I get my haircut from my barber, who's my best friend, and he's one of the guys that this movie as well. And I said, you got to see the trailer. He said, I don't want to see the trailer. I want us to be surprised. And I, for one, and I know you have as well, watch the trailer. And what you just said, we can be in for a big curveball. The movie could. The movie's two hours and five minutes. I I saw it, and uh, yeah. on the on the runtime. So it's a it's pr- a pr- pretty long movie. Oh yeah. And, I think we are going to get thrown for a curveball thinking that these kids are going to become a Ghostbusters. And I would actually like to see what happened, you know, all this time later. Like you said, 30 years later, I would like to see, you know, what happened to the Ghostbusters. I want to see them write off Egon in, in, a, in a right way. We all assume at least 95 to 98 percent of us know that, you know, in the movie, he had to pass away from something. So we're going to find out how... Oh, yeah. uh, how he got written off or in the, you know, he, he was given his, uh, you know, into the sunset, um, Egon, but not forgotten. Um, <laughs> we are going to see, you know, the, what they should have did a long time ago before Harold passed away. We, you know, we wanted to see the torch being passed on to a new bunch of people. Cause we knew they were getting old and it's almost unfortunate that we got it without Harold. But it's nice in a way that this is about him, even though he's gone and his character. And it's going to be, in my opinion, a setup to another movie in the future. And um, maybe one of the original Ghostbusters possibly helping these kids out in future movies. Yeah, it's definitely a bittersweet film because of, you know, no Harold Ramis. Uh, it, and, but, you know, also just paying homage to him throughout. Um, I mean, I don't know if you like, I know you probably have caught it actually in some of the trailers that when the mother is like looking around the house, you see a lamp move and trying to shine light onto things. So it's, it's like, he's, I'm judging it's him trying to guide the mother to see what the kids are doing. And when the little girl phoebe is walking throughout the house lights are going on in the hallway towards somewhere it's almost like egon is dwelling there trying to lead them to something so you know it it could go tongue-in-cheek with that you know subtitle afterlife because not only is it afterlife of like the franchise but it's also afterlife for the character that passed away yeah that's a very good point and you're right in the trailer, there are scenes where the, a light above her head, the mother's head, is moving in the direction, pointing her somewhere. We actually saw in the first trailer, which a lot of fans caught, when the earthquake happened and they were ducking under the table, there was a stack of books, um, which would take yeah. it back to the original movie where the... where the uh, Symmetrical book stacking. Yeah, the library ghost had stacked the books, and Peter was like, "Yeah, no one can stack books like that, huh?" And um, you know, we see that. We don't know if it happened before 
finished in the movie or if that was him. But there definitely is something that alludes to Egon potentially being um, uh, a spirit in this movie. Part of me wants to believe in the movie. Again, this is not a spoiler. This is our theory. That's what this episode is about. Talks about the Ghostbuster Afterlife movie. Um, probably towards the end when they beat the ba- big bad ghost, which I'm assuming is uh, uh, Ivor Shandor. Um, there's I said be- Gozer. I'm saying yeah. Gozer's coming back. Gozer, I think he's going to be, be in it too. I think that he's definitely going to be um, in this movie in some shape or form, or maybe just his name again. But well, I think maybe some poss- form. That's what he always. That's what it always chooses. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so what we're going to see, I think that he's going to be in it, and maybe we'll see the return of uh, of Gozer. You know, maybe in a the female form again. Maybe they bring that back. Who knows? But mm-hmm. I feel like towards the end of the movie. The um, entire cast, including the OG Ghostbusters, will see some form of a spirit of Egon walking up into walking off into the sun, you know, into the into the light, and you know, resting easy to his character. May or maybe, maybe not, but there's there, you know, I heard that it's a tearjerker um, from some of the things that I read, and a good send off to the, to that character, and you know, basically, it is a story of what happened and a passing of the torch to, you know, new Ghostbusters, which is basically long overdue. And I absolutely do not have a problem with that. I personally wish that the 2016 Ghostbusters kind of followed up that premise where they were the daughters of the Ghostbusters, but that wasn't the case. Or colleagues or students, at least something, some sort of connection to the universe. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that not knock trying to be nice here, but not knocking the reboot, but it's being done in my opinion, in the right way. No, you're right. I mean, that's the thing, like we said before that many people don't understand when, when fans were some, I'll, I'll say that some of the hate it got the immense amount of trolling and online stuff was just overboard. Some of it was. It was like, all right, guys. Kind of, I'm, I'm a big fan too, but Jesus Christ, you have to go on social media and like freaking down talk these actresses and everything about it. We understand it was it wasn't the right call, but I will say that if these women had been connected in some shape or form to that universe, that would have gone over well with fans. I don't I know about those graphics that they use that. Because Paul Feige, uh, my God, did he use Scooby-Doo-like graphics on, like, the ghosts. It was just way, like, too cartoonic, too CGI'd. I mean, the proton packs themselves, apparently they had, like, actual uh, physicists uh, on set and that were trying – I don't know, physicists or physics. I'm not really, like, you know, in, into, like, you know, scientific stuff like that, but – there, from what I read, like they had actual people that are experts in that saying what a cyclotron would look like, how to make it probably appear more real than what was in, you know, Ghostbusters 1984 uh, or 1982, 83. Oh my God, I'm messing up dates here. But um, I mean, like that's that's something there that, you know, you get what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I get you. I, I actually, you know, I, I didn't see the movie. Uh, my wife had turned it on. Amy had turned it on for a little bit, and I, I, I refused to watch it. 
and I seen bits of it, and I was like, this is, you know, I actually tried to watch the five minutes. Me and too. I was like, this is this is this is not good, and I stopped. Like how the proton packs looked. Um, I mean, the style of the car was similar. It just it wasn't, you know. I was a hearse. I it was the first YouTube movie trailer, if I remember this correctly, that got more dislikes than likes. And oh yeah, it was for a reason that that happened, and. Uh, you know, we didn't. No one wants to take a classic movie. Imagine someone taking Back to the Future, you know, oh, God. and rebooting it. You know, like you, you, you can't do that. You can't touch certain movies. You know, Indiana Jones. Harrison Ford said it himself. No one else can wear that fedora but me. And the only way that I would be okay with anyone taking Indiana Jones is if Harrison Ford was in the movie as the older Indiana Jones telling the story of an adventure he went on when he was in his younger years and got someone like Chris Pratt, who has been CGI'd into the Indiana Jones costume and looks the part, or even they, even they cast Anthony Ingruber, who is a exceptional impersonist and has a very big knack. Harrison Ford and not only impersonating him to the T, but looking like him, that he looks and sounds so much like Harrison Ford, he was casted for a role in Age of Adeline in a flashback scene of Harrison, Ford, Harrison Ford's character. And that's something that I would be okay with. But taking no, yeah. take movies that are gold, you know? Um, movies that were us or our childhood that we grew up on and making it into a reboot... You know, like Gremlins, Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, Ghostbusters, um, you know, Karate Kid, which we see how that bomb that happened. Oh you know, God! Yeah, you can't do that. And I mean, as much like, as I love Jackie Chan, I oh, love Jackie like, Chan. Jackie on. Chan is you know, one of my idols growing up because I'm into martial arts. But the movie, it was terrible, you know. And the reason the Karate Kid remake didn't do good. And the show Cobra Kai is absolutely yeah. killing it on Netflix is the Nostalgia. fact that original casts are back to tell a continuation story, which is exceptionally told. And that's why that's doing well as opposed to a remake. So just certain things. And I simply feel like Ghostbusters Afterlife is a redemption, something that we've been waiting for. And it is so close that we can literally taste the Stay Puft marshmallow. Oh, God. I'm going to buy a bag of marshmallows for that freaking movie. I mean, it's probably not good for my teeth or my diet, but I just can't sit there and not eat some because, you know, it's just going to look too damn good. So I got <laughs> I got to fill you in. So a couple of days ago, you told me that you got tickets and I was oh, very yes, happy for you. Thank and you. Me and you were definitely going to go see this movie. Oh, yeah. I went on Fandango and found an early showing for Thursday at four o'clock at New Rock IMAX, and I got tickets. Oh, you're going. <laughs> I'm going Thursday on my day off. Thank the Lord. I, I'm going to have to decline any kind of overtime or anything that day, but I will be <laughs> at that movie theater by like 3.15 parked. I'm going to empty the tank, if you know what I mean, so that I don't have to get up because it's a two-hour movie. Get to get myself a nice thing of water and Diet Coke and some popcorn and just sit back and enjoy something that I've been waiting for for 20 
something years now at this point. <laughs> Literally. And but. my plan for this week, uh, you know, I, I Wednesday, uh, I would I, I want to say Tuesday night into Wednesday, I'm going to replay the game um, and definitely rewatch one and two to get me into that that uh, that mood. That's what I got planned for next week. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm doing with my wife. We're going <laughs> to we're going to sit down and actually watch, you know, uh, the movies part one and part two two days before so that way you know she's seen them all but just in case if she doesn't like if she has a question or something she'll it'll be fresh in her head because going to the movie theater she'll be asking me she won't ask me during the film but some of those questions afterwards will right. probably be you know toned down <laughs> so that yeah. way she gets it all but it's she's gonna... heard me talk about it so damn much that i feel like she knows the whole script uh, the whole film, like front and backwards. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna pick a day that we can go together and rewatch everything, and uh, it's gonna be, uh, you know, as as the good as friends as we are, you know, <laughs> growing up to with each other, we we can't say that we saw a Ghostbusters movie together. So this will be a first. I uh, know we'll be popping our cherry, right? Yeah, yeah this is <laughs> Ghostbusters in theaters, popping our cherry. That's that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit, you know, homoerotic, but I'm all for it. This you is, know, yeah. <laughs> all for all that those types of love, man. You know? This is this. <laughs> that's what we're talking about, man. That's no, going to be. This is great. This is this is a good time, man. We made it. You know, it, all through all the setbacks and everything, the craziness, we're finally going to get to uh, to uh, to see this. So, uh, Joey, I want to thank you for having you on. We reached the point in the episode where. Um, we uh we overstayed our welcome on the air, but uh, <laughs> thank you Joey, for having I would me. Like to thank you for coming on. Thank you, and uh, everybody, this uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. The social media tag is b is um s w a k s w a b underscore podcast, and that's for Instagram and Twitter. However, I use my Instagram a lot more s w a b underscore podcast. If you haven't heard about the Anchor app, this is the app that I use to do my Paranormal podcast. Go on get app, the Anchor app, download it. It has every feature that you could possibly need to make your own podcast, such as mine to say what again, Billy podcast. And I like to thank Joey again. I like to thank the Anchor app, Ghostbusters Afterlife, November nineteenth in theaters. If you are a Ghostbusters fan, please go see it and support the Ghostbusters. Rest in peace, Hal Ramis. And this has been another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast.